Welcome back. We are in Titus chapter 1, verse 14. Titus chapter 1, verse 14. Let's go. So actually 13, it says, This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. This is the letter from Paul to Titus. He is discipling him, he is helping him, he is teaching him so that Titus doesn't just keep all the knowledge to himself, but actually goes out and uses it for the glory of God, for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to find people that we can disciple so that we can witness to them, so that they can go and witness to others. It's that butterfly effect. Right? We can't just take the knowledge that we learn from the Bible, from prayer, from small group studies, from men's studies, women's studies, church, and just keep it to ourselves. God calls us to go. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. It's called the Great Commandment. We are to go and make disciples. So find someone that you can pour into. If you're not pouring into someone yet, go and pour, pour into them. Find them. Find a couple of them. And so here we're talking about not listening to false doctrine, being aware of false doctrine. Now, if you do not read the Bible, go to church, do this stuff, you're not going to know what is the truth from what is not the truth, from what is truth from what is false, right? A lot of people say, well, blah, 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 blah. And you say, well, what does the Bible say about that? And they say, I don't know. Well, well go study the Bible, right? You're not going to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, you'll fall for anything, right? A lot of people incorrectly say, oh, Christians, they just check their brains at the door. No. We study. We study a lot. I'm not saying all Christians do, but you should want to. Once you're reborn and God has saved you, you should spend the rest of your life saying, how do I get closer to him? It's by studying it's by learning, it's by being in community, it's by evangelizing, witnessing, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and with each step, you're going to learn more and more. You're going to have new questions that arise in your head that you get to go and research, you get to talk to people about, you get to go and seek resources, commentary, whatever it is, to further your knowledge of that. But if you don't know it, then you're not going to know what's false. So you got to know what's true is first. And how do we know what's true? Go study the Bible. So if you're not studying the Bible a lot, then do it. If you're listening to this podcast, that's a great start, right? It's a simple thing to do for about 10 minutes on weekdays. Share it with another person. That's a great place to start. So if you're looking for that person's disciple, invite someone to church. And don't just say, oh, I invited someone. I did my, my deed. Keep inviting them. Keep inviting them until they come. If they don't come, do something else with them. Pray with them. Share this podcast. Share another podcast with them text them something, some encouragement or a verse or something. So, um, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. What this is saying is that if you're born again by placing your faith in Jesus, then you're not bound by man-made rules and regulations or even by Old Testament dietary restrictions, for example, which is one of the things that's in play right here. But unbelievers will still try to impose rules and hurdles on other men in their attempt to control people and create hierarchy. But for believers, there's no hierarchy because you don't get to heaven on your own merit, but on the merit of Jesus' atonement for your sin. Do you get that? 
You don't get to heaven by your merit, by your deeds, by what you deserve. You don't deserve heaven. You deserve hell. I deserve hell. I don't deserve heaven. But God, in his amazing ways, said, I want to be with these people that I created forever. But I'm holy, so I can only have holy things around me, is what he's saying. So the only way to get holy and righteous is to be clothed in Jesus Christ. And that's what his atonement did on the cross. His blood is able to wash us and make us white as snow. So this verse speaks to legalism, not morality. Don't try to use this verse, as some do, to justify everything is acceptable. Because that, that would not be in conformity with the character of the context here or with the rest of the Bible. The Jewish people then were imposing dietary restrictions and circumcision on others, but that's not what saves a person. Verse 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So it says they profess. Today, many profess to know God. Think about Mormons. They say they're Christians. They say they're followers of Jesus, but they're not. Muslims, Hindus, tons of other religions, but they don't have a relationship with the one true God, which is only available through Jesus. How do we know that? Because we know the Bible to be true. How do we know the Bible to be true? We know the Bible to be true because it was written by 40 different people in 66 different books compiled together in three different languages on three different continents over a period of 1,500 years. There's over 20,000 manuscripts that, uh, for the Bible. There's over 20,000 archaeological find, findings that support the people, facts, places, figures, stories of the Bible. There's over 300 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus alone. 11 of the 12 disciples were brutally murdered. And these are people who, before Jesus, had some doubts, some reservations. After he rose from the dead, they're like, I'm all in. And they were completely willing to die for him. There's one central theme. And no contradictions. How could that be possible unless it was actually the Word of God? That God breathed. This is God-inspired. This is the inerrant Word of God. That's how we know the Bible to be true. So, and Jesus in the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except by me. He just ruled out any possibility of any other way to heaven. And we're told that we don't get to heaven based on our deeds, but by faith through grace. Or by grace, you have been saved through faith. So, anybody who professes to know God, but says there is something that you've got to do, that is a religion and not a relationship. That is not Christianity. It, this verse goes on to say, but in works, they deny him. Religion is about works, deeds, but Jesus is about a relationship such that you're saved by grace, not by your deeds. Deeds are the fruit of the tree, not the root of the tree. I'll say that again. Deeds are the fruit of the tree, not the root of the tree. Your deeds should point to Jesus rather than to your importance or your place in a religious hierarchy. And it says, in works they deny him. So they denied him with their works. They were abominable. They were disobedient and disqualified for every good work. Even if their works were good, God tells us that it's still filthy rags. Throw them at his feet, right? We look at these things and we're like, oh, I got this trophy. I won this competition. I got an, 
straight A's. I got, you know, promoted at my work. I'm the CEO. I'm the won the Super Bowl, whatever it is. It's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And God's like, that's a filthy rag. Throw it at my feet. All God cares about is what you do that's motivated for him. Because most of what we do, if we're honest with ourselves, is motivated by self-improvement, self-achievement, self-esteem. God doesn't focus on self-esteem. If you look at the counselors in the world today in America, the secular counselors, they say, you got to focus on your self-esteem. It comes starts with you first. If you don't have self-esteem, you're not going to achieve anything. And we got to go back in time to work on your self-esteem to figure out who hurt you so that you can live in that past. No, God says live in the present. You can recognize something in the past, but don't dwell in the past. Don't live in the past. You just move on from the past. And God tells us not to esteem ourselves, to esteem ourselves not, but to esteem God. We are to revere and worship and idolize God and God alone, not ourselves, not anybody else. So even if what we did is great, what we think is great, it's a filthy rag to God. All he cares about is what is motivated. And when we get to heaven, we will be rewarded in heaven for things that we did that were uh, deeds on earth, things that we did with our words and our mouth uh, and our deeds that were motivated for Christ. Not things that were motivated for ourselves, not how much money we made, but what we did that was motivated for Jesus. That's what we will get rewarded for. So it's exciting to know that this is a relationship, not a religion. There's not things you have to do. You simply submit yourself once to Jesus and say, I declare that you're Lord of my life. Please forgive me. I'm a sinner, right? From then on, anything you do, just get your rewards in heaven if it's done for Jesus. If it's done for you, if it's done from a worldly perspective, you don't get anything in heaven for that. We are built to run on a certain type of gasoline, and that gasoline is called Jesus. He is the energizer. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and will energize you and guide you and lead you. If you haven't asked God to lead your life If you haven't asked the Holy Spirit, which is God, to live through you, to live inside of you, to push yourself aside and let God live through you, and you're missing out because there's joy, and that's what we were built to live on. You could choose any application from what we talked about today, right? We're always going to go through and do observation. That's reading the text. Interpretation, what does it mean? An application, what does it mean to me? Meaning, how do I apply it to my life to actually go out and use this? One, you got to know what false doctrine, false prophets, false teachers look like. How are you going to know that? Well, you got to know the truth. How do you know the truth? By reading the Bible, by studying, praying, being in community with others, learning. So know what the truth is so that you can spot the stuff that is not the truth. And then to understand that it's not by our deeds, right? Words and deeds are great if they're motivated for Jesus. But if they're motivated by ourselves, that'll do anything for us. And that's not how we get to heaven anyways. That's just extra rewards that we'll get once we're in heaven for things that we did motivated for Christ. Lord, help us to focus on the relationship with you. Help us to go out into the world and love people mightily in your name. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with the peace, your peace. The world, the devil, the demons want to distract us. They want to stress us out. They want us to not feel fulfilled. And Lord, that happens to probably all of us from time to time, some more often than others. But Lord, help help us. We need your help, and we want to make this life worth it. Help us to live on purpose right here, right now, today, Lord. In your amazing name, amen. 
This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.